turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, as we continue our study, we have begun through Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And may God add his rich blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. And we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and speak to us now. 
We ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. We ask you to open our ears, that we would hear the voice of our good shepherd and know him and follow him and offer ourselves to him promptly and sincerely. Would you do this now, we ask, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. The word of the Lord. In this passage, the Lord calls Samuel to declare his word. He calls Samuel to be a prophet. And the Lord actually called his name audibly. It says the Lord even came and stood in the room with him and called his name Samuel. It is interesting to hear preachers tell their stories of how they were called to the ministry. The Lord still calls his people and lets them know that they are called. The great preacher Dr. E.V. Hill said that when the Lord called him to preach, that the Lord threatened to kill him if he did not go and preach. Normally I would be skeptical of a story like that, but I will say that I will say that E.V. Hill was such a great preacher that in his case I choose to believe that that really happened. I choose to believe. The Lord certainly did not threaten to kill me if I didn't preach, but many Sunday afternoons I wonder if he's going to kill me if I don't stop trying. But Samuel's call is a unique category. This type of call, the Lord coming down, standing in his room, speaking his name, that puts him on a whole nother level, up with Abraham and Moses. You realize this sort of thing almost never happens. I mean, it almost never happens in the Bible. If a young man or even an old man today is trying to discern a call to the ministry, I don't know that this passage would be of much help. And the overwhelming majority of us here this morning are not called to preach. So what does this scripture have to do with us? You see, this passage is not really about how to tell if you're called to preach. This passage is about the reality that our God, the only true God, is a God who communicates with his people. God has revealed himself to us. He has not left it up to us to try to figure out who he is or what he wants us to do. No, he has given us direct Communication. It's his word. The subject of this passage is the word of the Lord. Now let's look at it. First in this passage, we see light in the darkness. Light in the darkness. Look at verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, 
was lying down in his own place. Now we see right off the bat, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It says there was no frequent vision. Now the Bible, you understand, was far from complete at that time. Most of what we have in our Bibles now had not even happened at that time. So they were dependent on the word of God being delivered through prophets. And there had not been a prophet in a long, long time. But they did have scripture. They had at least the first five books of Moses, or the five books of Moses by then, the first five books of our Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that contained the law, how to live, how to worship God, how to make a sacrifice when you'd sinned, how to establish justice in the land. And so when it says the word of the Lord was rare, not only was there no new communication coming in from God through the prophet, but the word they already had was rare. The five books of Moses were rare, neglected, disregarded, and ignored. So Israel is in a state of darkness, spiritual darkness. Eli's failing eyes are a metaphor for the times. God's word is rare. No visions and even the high priest is losing his eyes to see. These are times where it feels like the Lord could snuff out the flame or in our language, pull a plug at any time. How rare is the word of the Lord in our nation, in our time? There are more Bibles in print and, most importantly, for sale than ever. But how would general, basic Bible knowledge in our society today compare with 50 years ago? How many denominations in our land now openly declare that they do not take the Bible to be the complete, authoritative Word of God. Perhaps you have concerns, as I do, that our children or grandchildren will live in an age of deep darkness. Well, look at verse 3. We all need to see verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down 
in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now the physical lamp in the tabernacle, it's another metaphor, another picture. Times are dark, but the light has not yet gone out. It may flicker, it may be weak, but the light of God is still shining. Here's the boy, Samuel, with the lamp that has not yet gone out. The Lord is raising up a light, this boy, to be a light to shine in an age of darkness. Now, Samuel keeps hearing this voice call his name at night. And he gets up and goes to Eli. Naturally, he figures Eli was calling for him. Now, clearly, God is doing something here. A boy of this age actually gets out of bed when he thinks he's being called by an adult. That's a miracle right there. <laughs> of course, at first, Eli thinks the boy's dreaming, going back to bed. But the third time, even old Eli recognizes that the Lord is calling this boy. Look at verse 9. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now these last few weeks in 1 Samuel, we, we knocked Eli. He had his flaws. But here he gave the boy good instructions. He tells him, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. That's how the light, the light of God, shines into a dark world. When his people are open and humble and receptive to his word. It gets in them, and then his light begins to shine through them. So you see light in the darkness. Secondly, in this passage, we see the burden of the word. The burden of the word. Look at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel <clears throat> in which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tangle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever. 
for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blind God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. And you see, when Samuel got the message from God, he could not sleep. He lay awake for the rest of the night. He was afraid to tell Eli the message. The message was that the Lord was going to destroy Eli's house. His sons, we read about them last week, they were stealing the sacrificial meat from the worshipers and committing sexual abomination on the tabernacle premises. And Eli would not restrain them. He fussed at them verbally, but that was all he would do. And now the Lord declares that he will cut them off. Samuel's afraid to give a message. A few years ago, I heard a preacher who is uh, beginning to get up in years now, still preaching, but near the retirement age now, said that when he was a a young preacher, 35, 40 years ago, that uh, after preaching, going out the door on Sunday, main comment he got out of people was, preacher, you really stepped on my toes today. And that was meant as a compliment. But he said nowadays, I don't hear that much anymore said, generally, if I get any feedback at the door, people say, I really agree with what you said. You see the change. The expectation is no longer, I will come under conviction of the word of God. It's now, I will hear a message that I agree with. We're not called to be intentionally offensive or obnoxious, but as they say, truth hurts. Samuel has been given a word of judgment against sin. Now I cannot preach and none of us can read the Word of God and skip that inconvenient message of divine judgment and wrath against sin. We're really in the habit of reading the Bible for, quote, inspiration these days. But there is also a message of conviction. Look at Eli in verse 16. But Eli called Samuel 
You know, Samuel was afraid to tell him, and he can tell Samuel's afraid to tell him the message. Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, here am I. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him, and he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Again, for all his negative traits, he shows us the way. He does not bow up at the word of God, even though it is a message of doom for him and his family. He says it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Some years ago, a pastor that was close to me had to address a situation. Child of a church member, several generations in the church, young man, young adult, had uh, entered into a relationship with a young woman. They were not married, living in the same house. And uh, if you knew this man, uh, you would know he is one of the most humble, sweet-spirited, kind, non-offensive people in his manner, gracious people you'd ever meet. But he felt he had to have a word with this couple. The whole family left the church. Boy, his parents been members of that church years left. Unlike Eli, they could not bear a word of rebuke for their own child. But Eli says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. That's the burden of the word. We see light in the darkness, the burden of the word. And thirdly and finally in this passage, we see the Lord of the word. Look at verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, or as we say in York County, Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. As the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, the Lord revealed himself again to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The Lord let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. He gave him hard words. He gave him burdensome words. 
but he stayed with him and backed those words with his own power. In our time, the word of God is neglected, ignored, twisted, but it's still true. whole world if the whole world should take a vote on it determine that not a soul on earth believes the Bible is the word of God would not in any way affect the truth of the Bible it is true it still saves people there is great pressure and there will be far greater pressure in due time. But we must never be afraid to declare the word of God, to stand on the word of God, because the word of God never falls to the ground. God will not let it. You know that God had promised through the great prophet Moses long before Samuel that one day he would raise up another prophet like him. Moses was a great prophet and one day the Lord would raise up another one. And Samuel, this boy Samuel, is a fulfillment of that promise. But he's a type of the greater fulfillment. It's interesting how much Samuel parallels someone else as we read of his early life. When he was born, his, uh, his mother sang a song that another child's mother would sing in Luke chapter one, the Blessed Virgin Mary. We read that the boy Samuel grew in wisdom and favor with God and with man. In 1 Samuel 2.26, and Luke records the exact same words about the boy Jesus. Both Samuel and Jesus came into the world in times of tremendous darkness and corruption. Both were established as great prophets. But Samuel is the type. Jesus is the greatest. Jesus who preached the judgment of God as Samuel preached the judgment of God. But Jesus did what Samuel could never do. Jesus bore the judgment of God for his people, for all who will trust him. Friends, we have the word of God. 
The lamp had not yet burned out in the darkness of Samuel's day. And we read that in Jesus Christ was light and the light was the life of men. And the light shined in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so our Lord Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We have the light of the world. We have atonement for sin. But you see what happens to Eli's house. It's nearly shocking to our ears what the Lord says in 1 Samuel 3.14. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli, the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. They crossed a line where God said, no atonement, no forgiveness. Forever. That's what happened to those who trampled on the word of God. How much more will come upon us if we trample on the Son of God? The word made flesh. The great prophet. Oh, do not despise the word of the Lord. Run to it. Conviction and all. And you'll find in the word of God what we read of in verse 21, it says there, the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You go to the word. Don't take offense at it. Don't ignore it. Embrace it. And find that the Lord of the Word is in the Word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.